I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to the Second Tier Preview Show, sponsored by SBK. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the Nathan Ellington to my Jason Roberts. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Oh, Justin, a Friday show from us at the Second Tier. It feels very strange, but I like it. It feels like a palate cleanser for the listeners ahead of another big weekend of championship football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a starter. It's a it's a bruschetta with a bit of tomato, getting you ready for the main course at the weekend and eventually dessert with our Sunday show. That, that's a surprisingly good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> when I teed that up to you, I thought, here we go, where's this going? But that is absolutely spot on. But yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's just a good way to give listeners our thoughts ahead of the weekend. And, you know... As I say, just get people refreshed, ready for another weekend of championship football. Get motivated, get them going. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing like pumping out a second tier on the way to the game on a, on a Saturday Careful. morning. So, well, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, well, wherever you want to play second tier, just pump it out. Go, go wherever you need to go. There's, there's nothing like it. It gets you going. <laughs> I. I've never had more of a disdain for a phrase before than pump it out. But we'll leave that there. Welcome to the number one championship podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, as we say, a previous show sponsored by our friends at SBK. We're going to look ahead to the weekend in the championship, including the game of the weekend. So each week, Justin and I are going to be choosing the game which we think has the biggest storylines around it in the championship and have a big deep dive into both sides competing in that game. We're also going to be making our predictions for this weekend as well, including our bankers and outsiders. And then we shall finish off proceedings with a little game of Scott High or Ryan Lowe to round things off. And our game of the weekend is the M69 derby between Coventry City and Leicester City on Saturday lunchtime. A massive game, this one, isn't it? Of course, it's two rivals. Although, admittedly, it's not a rivalry which had particularly registered with me over the years, Justin. Well, it's, it's a rivalry separated by a motorway, um, or a classically named after a motorway. It's not exactly well, quite inspiring. A, quite a lot are, aren't they, really? The dogs. Yeah. It's, it's, you see the, the motorway or the region that the two mm. teams are in. You've got the old farm old farm derby with Norwich in it. Do not call it Although, to be fair, to be fair, Justin, I always have a bit of a bugbear about it being called the East Anglian derby because... There's technically more teams in East Anglia than people realise because, mm-hmm. for example, off the top of my head, Colchester, Peterborough, Cambridge, these are all teams also in East Anglia. But when we say East Anglian derby, it's always Norwich and Ipswich. But I guess when you when you come into this one, 
the way you can rephrase it is it's the East Midlands versus the West Midlands. It's East v West. It's your your classic your classic story. So that's one way to coin it and really cheer it up. Well, the only reason I've got kind of reservations over it being an actual derby is because when I think of Leicester's big rivals, I always think of, you know, Nottingham Forest derby, yeah. for example. And then all of a sudden this season, it's only really dawned on me that Coventry and Leicester are rivals. But I, I guess it's kind of like they're left out a bit, aren't they? Because Leicester aren't big rivals of Derby or Forest and Coventry aren't big rivals of any of, any of the other West Midlands teams. So it's strange. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's like everyone, it's like a big group of friends, big groups of friends that neither Leicester or Coventry are too you know, partisan with. So they've befriended each other sort of thing. They feel left out. So it's like, okay, we'll have a derby. Let's make, let's have a derby together. We don't have strong derbies, so let's make one. Fine. I get what you're saying. It, it's sort of like a, an enemy of my enemy is also my enemy in this situation oh for Leicester and Coventry. But it, it is a massive game, isn't it? it and is. not just because of the rivalry, but also because it is quite a hard one to call. Leicester, we know having one of the best seasons we've ever seen at championship level. I think we all know that by now. But Coventry are one of the form teams in the division right now. And I find this one really hard to call, PG. It is hard to separate both sides. I know you can easily say Leicester, the best team in the league, they've been rolling, but Coventry of late have been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Coventry, you compare the form, Coventry have won six of the last 10, Leicester have won eight of the last 10. So form-wise, it's a very, it makes for a very interesting game. And for some reason in my notes, I've got the Walker Stadium written down here, but we were, we were, we were, <laughs> complete mind. Um, yeah, mind rubber there. But, we were treated to a very entertaining game earlier on in the season, weren't we, at the at the old Walker Stadium? And yeah, it was it was a it was a two-one win for Leicester, but it was a game that Coventry showed their quality. Still had Gus Hamer, they showed their quality, had the control of it, and then Leicester just did what they did repeatedly this season, and then themselves took control of it. They 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 showed their quality. Um, so if we get something like that, it's going to be a very very good twelve thirty kickoff on 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 Saturday. Um, but both sides have got plenty of quality, and that's what makes it interesting. And and now with both sides in form. It makes it a tactical battle as well. Mareska v. Robbins is going to be a really, really good one. Yeah, I think from the perspective of a neutral, it's really interesting to see what kind of level Coventry are at. Because, yeah. of course, we know how they did last season, where they were fantastic in the second half of the season. And then there's been a bit of churn with the players coming in and out. And now that they finally started going, it's quite interesting to see what kind of level they are because mm -hmm. as we know they have been fantastic recently whereas as we know Leicester are the very best in this division so if Coventry are able to you know give them a game and maybe even get a result here then that that'll be a huge scalp from a Coventry perspective and show that they are not just bearing down on the playoffs they are saying right we are not only getting the playoffs, we are going to grab it by the scruff of the neck and head into the playoffs with a lot of momentum, Justin. Well, I think it can be a statement for both sides. Starting with Leicester, I think if they can come away from this game with a, with a win, with not a comfortable win, but uh, you know an assured win, it's something that they we know that they can they can do and they hit the standards that I mean, they know we can hit. Sorry, we know that they can hit. Then it's a statement because it's going to make the rest of the division go, well, they've, they've just put away this Coventry side that are on this incredible run of form. 
so really the, the champions in the making here and then Coventry if they can but obviously just, get a win just, themselves do, do Leicester need to make any more statements I feel like they've made a lot of statements it's kind of like Man United with the amount of statements that they've made this season <laughs> well it's, it's they're coming up against a tough team and and they've answered pretty much every single um, you know every single everything that's been thrown at them they've, they've answered it they've re- responded and they've done pretty well they've only had a couple of hiccups this season um, so it's, it's, it is a big game for them uh, and for me if they come away with a win it is a statement but for Coventry obviously if they can come away with a win themselves or a, or a result at the very least um, then yeah that is them saying we're in the playoff race we're, we're, we're hitting our gears and um, it's going to take a very very good side to stop us because a very good side hasn't stopped us so yeah um, for, for Coventry it's, a, it's probably a bigger game for them but Leicester they just need to keep, keep getting those wins well Leicester are having a bit of a mini availability crisis Coletti Iheanacho and Patson Dakar at AFCON Jamie Vardy's been struggling with a knee injury recently but maybe back here for this one but Will it matter if they've got Tom Cannon firing? Of course, I've just mentioned the three strikers there who have all done very well for Leicester recently. So when all of them are missing, Tom Cannon's come in and he's scored three goals in his last two games. He, The Cannon is blasting the mid, isn't he, Justin? The Cannon is blasting, absolutely. I mean, the, the brace he scored against Huddersfield was fantastic. Um, and obviously he scored against Miller in the FA Cup as well. So he's in form. And it's, it's, it's important to have a striker in form. It's important to have a striker who's taking those chances. And when you've got players like Steffi Mavadidi, Abdul Fatou, and um, yeah, Afghans just come into the side as well, there's play, a lot of technical players in and around the box. They're going to get a lot of opportunities. Strikers, any striker in that team is going to get an opportunity at some point. So when you've got someone as clinical as Tom Cannon, as he showed at Preston last season, yeah, it's it's going to be, um, it's, you're going to be well-armed. And, you know, if a cannon's well-armed, they're very dangerous. Yeah, a lot of cannonballs. In, in, in the ammo there <laughs> um, <laughs> but with with, um, with Cannon I mean I remember when Leicester signed him obviously for a lot of money but um, Enzo Maresca even admitted he's going to be a long term thing so I don't think anyone really expected him to you know be having a chance like he has done but here he is after coming back from a long injury as well and hit the ground running, Hansik, as you say. It does help when he's going to get a lot of service at Leicester, but he's still got to put them in the back of the net yeah. and get in the right places, isn't he? And he's doing that. I think the thing is as well, really important, is that he's got a lot of competition. So he has to be in form. And if he drops out of form, you've got players like Ihe Nacho. When, when everybody's fit, you've got players like Ihe Nacho, Jamie Vardy, Pats and Daka to come into the team. So he's, he's he's going to be on his toes, and that's a, that's a really good thing. I mean, it's I mean, parachute payments help, but it also speaks volumes about how important depth is because it keeps everybody in that first 11 on their toes. Yeah, always good having four top-class strikers <laughs> in terms top, of depth. Very expensive, it. four top-class strikers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but of course, Coventry have their own form players, don't they? Tatsuhiro Sakamoto, five goals in his last four league games. And then the unpredictable Haji Wright has <laughs> two goals and three assists in his last four games. This is a Coventry side who couldn't hit a cow's arse with a cello before but are now scoring goals for fun they've scored 16 in their last five games and it did we were always saying justin weren't we that once they were firing it could be quite impressive what coventry do and that's exactly what we're seeing now isn't it oh absolutely are you including that six against oxford in that five five yes. games 
Naughty, naughty. Stats. Really, anyway, the stats there, but it, it fits my narrative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever fits your narrative. But I mean, it, to be fair, is you know, Oxford are a good side in League One, um, and, and they score six goals past them. It's a very good feat. Score six goals against any side is, is very impressive. But it does it does go to show just how much attacking quality they do have. I mean, Casey Palmer's goal against Oxford, for God's sake, was Ooh. extraordinary. And you've got a player like in this game, for example, I expect it to be quite tight. So if you've got a player who can rifle in a, a shot from. 30, 35 yards like that, that can be the difference in a win. But what it does show is that there's plenty of quality in this team. I mean, you've spoken about Hadji right there, the most unorthodox footballer probably in the championship at the moment, and it's working in his favour. And that's not to discredit him, by the way. Anyone who's as long as he is and has the limbs as long as he has, being a skillful winger is a very difficult thing to do, and he's doing it very, very well, and he's and he's and he's taking his chances very well. And, and a player again, you've mentioned that I haven't really praised enough is is um, Tuzira Sakamoto. He's been absolutely superb, and then Callum O'Hare um, in that in that final third as well. It's just a lot of quality, and it's finally coming together. It took time to blend in for Mark Robbins, but they're blended, and they are yeah, they're a very very sweet smoothie now, aren't they? I'm trying to go with the blended theme yeah. here, but we'll go with that. You're going so well, <laughs> lost it right at the end. But it is very exciting into all this attacking talent coming together. I mean, Coventry had a very interesting and expensive transfer window in the summer just gone. And it took a while for it all to click together and gel. Mm-hmm. And now that it has gelled, it is properly delicious. What a delicious smoothie that is that we're seeing at Coventry. <laughs> uh, Justin, it's time for our second tier bet builder with SBK. And with SBK, you can curate your own bet builder with a range of markets from any championship game. It's easy, fast and secure on the SBK mobile app. And you'll find substantially better odds there than at any other bookmaker. So every Friday, we're making our own bet builder with full selections all related to our game of the week so that's two for Justin and two for me Justin what are your selections from the M69 derby I've gone with Steffi Mavididi to score and over 0.5 second half goals for Leicester City now Steffi Mavididi has got nine goals this season which is a very good return he's a very good player we all know this but six of them have come away from home so he certainly enjoys the pressures of playing away from the Walker Stadium or the King Power Stadium if you're a modern man um, and going on to the second half goals, Leicester failed to get into gear in the first half. It takes them until half time to really get going, which is supported by the fact that they average over uh, well 1.35 goals in the second half, which is double what they managed in the first half. They score a large percentage of their goals in the second half. So I expect them to, if they are going to score, it's going to be in the second half of this game. Yeah, it's strange into how they always seem to just eke out a results, whatever happens in most cases, don't they? And it always seems to be late on in games, but that's how it's worked. Uh, I've gone for both teams to score. As we were saying just a second ago, Coventry have had no problem finding the back of net in recent times and Leicester haven't had an issue with finding the back of net all season. So I think this is going to be an exciting one. So I definitely think both teams will score. And then I've gone full-time result to be a draw. The reason I've gone with that is because, as we were just alluding to, it's quite hard to separate these two. I think if you were going to go for a result either way, you probably would say Leicester. But I think Coventry will be more than happy with a draw. So that's why I've gone with that. And a £10 bet with SBK on that returns £219.80. That's Stefan Marididi to score any time over 0.5 second half goals for Leicester. Full-time result to be a draw and both teams to score. New SBK users can take advantage of 30 
£20 in free bets when you place your first £10 bet. T's and T's book apply over 18s only. And please do gamble responsibly. Uh, before we get onto the rest of our predictions, Justin, we have had a bit of transfer news, which came in after we finished recording Thursday's episode. And it involves Luke Hayling, who's joined Middlesbrough on loan until the end of the season from Leeds. It's a significant one from a Leeds perspective, particularly because he's out of contract in the summer and the club have indicated it's the end of his career at Ellen Road. So before we talk about what it means for Middlesbrough, what a servant he has been for Leeds. Yeah, it's quite mad, isn't it, how a fullback who wasn't really putting up trees at Bristol City did so well and so incredibly well at uh, Leeds under, well, especially under Marcelo Bielsa. He made so many appearances as well, but his um, his work rate, his technical quality, his his ability to get up and down the pitch, uh, just an all-round fullback and actually a really good character as well. He's just incredible. He's, he's, he's grown with that Leeds side and the fact that he's 32 still astonishes me because not only does he look young, but he also plays like he's still 20, 21 years old. It's, it's an incredible, incredible achievement. So, yeah, hats off to Luke Ayling. He's been fantastic. And some of the goals he scored in the Bielsa promotion season were absolutely incredible. And um, that volley, that yeah. volley just in. The, the volley, the celebration with his hair, it was just, <laughs> um, it was just out, 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 you know, outstanding. And yeah, a great servant to Leeds. And, and a great um yeah a, a, a great advert for the championship as well because what he did well in the Premier League with Leeds and he's done incredibly well uh, in the championship at Leeds and he's he's going to uh, get to carry that on with with Middlesbrough this season. Well, you think that he only cost two hundred thousand pounds in the summer of twenty sixteen? <laughs> he's more than repaid them back on that, and see and how uh, when they announced the move to Middlesbrough, they released a statement that went as far as to call him one of the best signings in the club's history. Now. I think that might be a bit strong considering Leeds' illustrious history. But, you know, the fact that it's even been mentioned by the club itself goes to show how much of a job that he's done there. And when you consider the fee, how good he's been for them for such a long period, it's definitely been an absolute bargain, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. He's been a seminal figure for so many years, been a fan favourite at Ellen Road, and it's just been so consistent. And, you know, it, it does feel like it's the end of an era a bit at Leeds, don't you? Yeah. Because of how many players are now left from that promotion-winning side. I mean, you've got what Bamford, Liam Cooper, Stuart Dallas is still on the books, yeah. but they're steadily fading away, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I mean, that's football, isn't it? But it, it, it is sad because it was such an iconic side under Bielsa. But um, as you say, a new era is, is is coming for Leeds. But that shouldn't mean that you you forget the the contribution as players that have come before. And, you know, you sort of do hope sometimes that these um, experienced players do still have a part to play. But that sometimes you, you do need to turn a turn a chapter and, and move on. And it's probably a good time for for Aiding to move on because I say he's been a great servant. Um, not been overly involved massively this season. So he's he's and he's still. 32 he's still young and he still plays like he's young as well as I mentioned so yeah it's going to be a great opportunity for him and yeah a good a good time to, to move on from Leeds well I'm guessing you think it's a good signing for Middlesbrough then Justin yeah absolutely he's a fantastic signing I just mentioned all of his attacking qualities his, his lungs you know, the lung side of it just, just the lungs of a horse the hair of a horse it's incredible the man is he is a horse <laughs> he's has a anyone horse. checked whether Luke Hayling is a horse <laughs> this hiding, whole time he's hiding those back legs somewhere isn't he um, it's incredible <laughs> <laughs> but when, what, when you talk about what Carrick needs in this Middlesbrough side it's an attacking uh, full back who's, who's got plenty of energy who can be deployed in a press who can support in the final third but also he's a leader as well and he's a character in a dressing room which is exactly what Carrick needs in that defence 
It's just, oh, Luke, uh, thank you for all your hard work here at Leeds for over the years. Nay, what did you just say? Oh, so I said thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> That's a terrible joke for Kerry. Is he a horse? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he's a horse. <laughs> just, know, no one that, notices all the time. That explains everything. <laughs> I, I, in all seriousness, I, I do think it is a good move in the, in the sense that Boron heat bodies, don't they? Particularly in defence. So it's very handy having someone like Ailing who can play at right back and centre back. Um, I do think he's still got something to give for a side like Middlesbrough. He's obviously very experienced and did play nearly 30 games in the Premier League last season. Um and you remember last season, Justin Middlesbrough had Tommy Smith at right back, didn't they? And he was just a very steady yeah. operator. I think Luke Ayling could have the same effect and maybe offer a bit more than what Tommy Smith would usually offer. So, yeah, I think it's a smart move. I don't think it drastically improves their chances of getting in the top six, but I think it's just a clever, steady move, really. Just wondering why he's been turning up to Ellen Road in a horse box for years. No one's no one's asked any questions, <laughs> but now we know. No one's questioned it this whole time. <laughs> I've got nothing else to add because I'm just I'm going to dwell on that point. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. So let's have a look ahead to the weekend. And in each preview episode of the Second Tier, Justin and I will each pick a banker, a team we think is guaranteed to win this coming weekend, as well as an outsider. So someone we think is going to win, but is bigger odds with our friends at SBK than their opponents. So we're tracking how we do as the season goes on. It's one point for a correct banker, two points for an outsider. Whoever loses has to do a forfeit, which would be a crossfit workout for myself, while Justin has to do a coach trip from Sunderland to Plymouth and back. The current scores are 32-19. 32-19. I've nearly got double your score now, Justin. And it comes after I got a full house in the last round of predictions for the 29th of December. Justin got absolutely nothing. What do you think of that, Justin? Uh, I'm just trying to understand what your point is. The season starts today, Ryan. We go again. Um, new year, new me. New year, new predictions. New year, new confidence. It's, it's all going off now. The fireworks are firing in my brain. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. From? I'm ready to go. I've got, I've got newfound confidence. Based off what? 
Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You can clearly see that. <laughs> I'm shit. Yeah, I clearly can. <laughs> um, let's see if you can change things, Justin. What's your banker for the weekend with the new you for 2024? The new me saying West Brom are going to win at home to Blackburn. West Brom keep clean sheets. They're very good at it. They've kept 12 so far this season. And their home record is actually really impressive. Collecting 27 points from 39, which is actually the fifth best in the league. That, to me, tells me that's a favourable way of, you know, or a favourable team to, to, to pick for your banker. Um, they are missing Grady Dean Garner, who has gone to AFCON, but Blackburn are in a bumpy run of form themselves, conceding goals for fun and are weakened with James Hill returning to Bournemouth. So, yeah, I'm actually quite confident with this one for a change. Yeah, I think this is a good banker, Justin. It's hard to make much of an argument for Blackburn with their poor form and West Brom are also brilliant at home. I think I would be slightly more confident if the West Brom, this is, weren't having a bit of a, an availability crisis because mm -hmm. you mentioned Grady Dean Garner. Semi Ajayi has also gone yeah. to AFCON. Uh, Jeremy Sarmiento has been recalled from his loan by Brighton. Jed Wallace and John Swift have been injured recently, although there is hope that they'll be back for this game. Matty Phillips is out long term, so not ideal, particularly going forward. Having said that, Davo DK is back, so yes, yes. I suppose it evens it out to an extent. The DK is back, and that's still something I actually left out on my notes. And obviously, a goal scoring return in the FA Cup as well. And you saw the passion and relief he had when he scored. So, can you imagine the passion and relief he will have when he scores again against Blackburn to then lift up his shirt and say, That was for you, JP. That was for you, Justin. This is getting you back on track. We're doing it for you. <laughs> yes. I'm sure that's why he's doing it. Um, it will be interested to see if DK does play, because he? he did start against uh, Aldershot in the FA Cup. Whether he'll start ahead of Thomas Asante for this one would be interesting to see. I mean, Thomas Asante isn't the most convincing of strikers by any means, is he? And we've constantly been waiting for Dabble DK to be the man who's a consistent goal scorer for West two Brom. Two years now. Yes. <laughs> will that finally happen after two years? I sure hope so. But yeah, we'll... Uh, Hopefully, he will eventually become that man. But if he manages to get a goal against Blackburn, then that's certainly a good sign, isn't it? My banker for this weekend is Ipswich to win it home to Sunderland. Now, Ipswich are in a bit of a slump. No win in five league games. Only one goal scored in their last four in the league. They did beat Wimbledon 3-1 in the cup. But it's obviously difficult to say whether that's a corner turned or not. And... For me, I don't think this slumping form is going to last forever. They've shown over the past five months that this isn't just a good vein of form. They are a very good side and they wouldn't be human if they didn't have a little slump at some point. Admittedly, I'd be feeling a lot more confident if Leif Davis is back for this one. The latest update on him is that he'll be a bit touch and go. So we shall see. Overall, though, Ipswich are brilliant at home. Nine wins in 13. So I fancy them to get back on track here. And part of that is because I'm unsure in what direction this Sunderland team is going in. It's two wins, two losses and a draw under Mick Beale. Of course, the most recent result being getting a bit of a pounding uh, against the big rivals, Newcastle, in the Cup. And, I mean, we'll, we'll ignore that Newcastle game because Newcastle are obviously, obviously a very rich side. But Sunderland haven't really been playing particularly well or particularly poorly since Mick Beale's come in. So it's really hard to nail them down, I find. I agree with that. It is hard to nail them down, but I, I actually feel this is 
this this choice is out of ego. This is this is this choice of yours is out of um, arrogance. You've, you, you're saying you've got an unattainable lead. You've picked a team that are winless in five in the league, Ryan. This is the equivalent of Curlon picking the ball up and dribbling it on his nose. What, what a rogue <laughs> reference, say. Eh? But it's. <laughs> But it just stinks of arrogance. It just, from the mid-2000s. <laughs> it just stinks of arrogance. And what arrogance is this based on? Um, yeah, I, I can't... Yeah, I, 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 um, it's easy to pick this one apart because it's which his form has been you know, quite quite poor. Both sides, actually, in the last few games have really stopped leaking chances, essentially, which is a good thing for Ipswich. But at the same time, they do not have any convincing... Uh, strikers available Freddie Ladapo is so-so Kenny Jackson is so-so Connor Chaplin is there but can he can he do it without George Hurston around him I don't know I think it's going to be a tight game and for me Sunderland have got more players who've got the quality to win the game individually like Jack Clark he can win a game on his own you know it, it can be a tight game with three shots all game and Jack Clark will pull something out of his back pocket that's the sort of game I'm expecting and it would side towards it, uh, Sunderland with it. So you are right. I do think it's quite hard to see where they are at, at the moment under McBeal. And it's going to be a big reaction. They're going to need a big reaction after the Newcastle game, but it's going to be a tight one. I will agree. I would be more confident if they had George Hurst or another striker, Ipswich this is, um, because Caden Jackson, Freddie Ladapo aren't the greatest of options. I think Caden Jackson's not terrible, but it would certainly help if they had someone else there. Um Maybe they will stick Nathan Broadhead or someone like that up front instead to just mix things up. But I, I would definitely be more confident if, if that was the case. But I still fancy Ipswich. I think the big question you should be asking me, Justin, is will Sunderland be as accommodating to the home fans when they travel to away games as they are for when away fans come to them for the FA Cup? Of course, you know, they can't put up Ipswich banners at Portman Road. But I don't know, maybe they will give the home fans fruit baskets or something like that with a message saying I hope whatever the result today is we all just have a nice time do you know what I mean yeah, what's the Ipswich say, uh, way of saying how are the lads how are the lads um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I Translate. did live in Go Suffolk <laughs> for, a, for a period um, and I, I, Come I didn't on. want to offend anyone come no, on the lads no Way the lads. No, no, we'll, we'll leave that there. <laughs> but um, I, I do, on that point, I, I do get a sense of discontent from Sunderland supporters because it does feel yeah, like, yeah, from yeah. a PR perspective, the club hierarchy were fairly untouchable since getting promoted from League One and just did everything right. And then in the last month or so, they've had a bit of a meltdown with, Some first rattled. of all, the Tony Mowbray sacking, which, you know, wasn't one that was, you know, completely met with disdain by Sunderland fans, but it wasn't, you know, thank God that's happened. And then appointing Meet Bill was, you know, that didn't go very well in terms of the PR atmosphere. And then the whole fiasco with putting up Newcastle banners at the Stadium of Light for the time we're Derby. So I wonder if that discontent may begin to have an effect on results, but that's just a sense I'm getting, mm, Justin. Yeah, no, that's actually an interesting point to bring up. It's, it's not going to change my mind. I do think Sunderland will still get a result because Jack Clark, Jack Clark FC at the moment, and I think that's the way McBeal should go to to get results. But you are right; it has been a, a bruising six or seven weeks for the Sunderland hierarchy, and obviously results haven't been consistently brilliant. And I would I'd actually say that they might have been better if Tony Mowbray was still there. But that's by the by; it's completely pointless sort of speculating on what what could have been. All McBeal can do is is react to the result against Newcastle. 
get the team uh, getting away win it to Ipswich and you know you're on to a winner there that's that's what that's what it, that's what a win could do uh, you know, get getting away win at a promotion chaser you'll get the fans on board oh, it'd be certainly a good way I mean he's not had a great start of it has he because we were saying that Mick Beale needs to win round the fans and a good chance to do that would have been in the time where Derby but that obviously didn't go too too well for him did it but those are minor Justin's two bankers for the weekend and every week we're going to combine these two selections with a bet on the full-time results of our game of the weekend to create our very own second tier featured multiple with SBK so this week we're going for Ipswich and West Brom both to win and Coventry Leicester to be a draw. A £10 bet on that returns £125 with SBK. You can create your own multiple with three or more bets on the full-time results of any game from across the championship. T's and C's apply, over 18s only, and please do gamble responsibly. Let's go on to our outsiders, Justin. Who is your outsider of the weekend? I've gone with Swansea to win away at Birmingham. Swansea have been in better form uh, than they were under Michael Duff. Handsome Alan Sheehan has been getting results. Still inconsistent, but it's been okay. It's been very sort of low in the table, if, if that makes sense to, to anybody. But with Luke Williams coming in, I think he's going to build on that blueprint that probably a lot of the players are going to be comfortable with. Like uh, You sort of expect Mike Grimes, for example, to be a real important asset in that side. I just don't think he's been quite where he where we expect him to be or he's not been as good as he has been in previous seasons mainly because he's been playing probably in a different role in, in that Michael Duff side whereas under Luke Williams he's going to play through him same, same with Charlie Patino really good players in that Swansea team and I think that's going to be a big um, a big thing for him to build on and I think Birmingham probably might be surprised do get a bit nervous though because obviously Tony Murray being appointed there um, I really rate him he gets results I just think that maybe recent form, Swansea are going to be in a much better place. The players that is are going to be a much better place to to come in and, and start getting results. That being said, Tony Mowbray is a very good motivator. So yeah, it does make me nervous. But from a confidence perspective, Swansea players, they'll be happier. They'll be smiling. Whereas Birmingham still might be a bit nervous depending on how Mowbray wants to deploy. We know he can play a counter-attacking football. We know he can press. We know his teams can play you know, quite progressive and, and, and through the thirds. Really don't know what to expect, so maybe that might play into it as well. But for me, yeah, Swansea. Swansea and Luke Williams to get their first win. Yeah, I was surprised that you went with one this one, Justin, because of what you were exactly just saying. That's the reason why I avoided it, because, you know, going against the fabled new manager bounce... Doesn't exist. Well, we will find out this weekend, won't we? I, I know Swansea have got a new manager as well, but that's one reason why I've just avoid this completely because when you've got two new managers coming together it's always a bit difficult to see how the players will react to this and may I add in the caveat as well that of the two Tony Mowbray is the more experienced will have yeah. more experience of you know coming in and knowing what to do when it's his first job at a new club yeah but did Tony Mowbray get a uh, an announcement where he was depicted as Luke Skywalker he didn't. That is true. So based purely on that, which is an intangible thing you just can't bring into to football when assessing. Um, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to back Luke Williams here. Um, yeah, going more seriously, you are right. Tony Mowbray is more experienced. But I just think the way the, way the team's been set up under Wayne Rooney, he's turned, he's turned very good players into disasters. Like Dion Sanderson was a solid, solid player at this level. And he and he looks like a borderline sort of pub league 
doesn't know what to do with the ball when it comes out his feet. Don't play through yeah. me. Kai really wasn't me. a fan of him, was he? Well, yeah, Kai really wasn't a fan. But, you know, if his, if his dad's failing everywhere else, he's not going to be a fan of many other players, is he? But that's besides the point. Um, I mean, John Ruddy as well. John Ruddy's made so many mistakes this season. Kai really see. wasn't a fan of him on Instagram <laughs> either, was he? <laughs> There's a theme here. <laughs> I, we should just cut to Kai Rooney and say, "What? <laughs> which place weren't you a fan of? Why? Why weren't you a fan of them?" And then, yeah, it's, it's sort of—it's almost going to justify my point. Confidence is going to be on the ground, and Tony Murphy's got a long way to pick them up, and it might might take a few games to to get the team going. It is at it is at um, St Andrews, so it does again it does make me nervous because Tony Murphy is just a really good, really good guy, really good manager, and he gets fans on board very quickly. But Luke Williams and the Swansea way, I think those players are going to hopefully fit into that philosophy quite nicely, and it's going to it's going to surprise a few teams. And as I say, Alan Sheehan's guided that team very, very nicely over the past five, six weeks. He's done a really, really steady job. I think that pays dividends when it comes to the new manager coming in. So that's Justin and Kai Rooney's outsider for the weekend in the Championship. <laughs> My outsider is Bristol City to win away at Preston. Now, Preston are favourites for this one, but would anyone really want to back them? at the minute because it's five losses in six for Ryan Lowe's men just four wins in 19 league games only Rotherham and QPR have picked up fewer points in that time than Preston considered the most goals in that time too uh, why are you pulling that face Justin? No just I have no goal. idea how Preston are favourites for this game I'm not discrediting you Fine You are right I <laughs> just have no idea you just mentioned the, the form there how how are they favourites will the shithouse win will they be resolute who knows nobody knows Ryan Lowe doesn't know <laughs> it's because they're at home, ultimately, that's and that's, that's how the bookies have seen it. But purely based on form, yeah, you are right. Ryan Lowe has been under pressure for weeks now, and that's only going to get more and more intense the longer this poor form continues. And it is almost getting to the point where you wonder how much longer Ryan Lowe has got. Uh, Bristol City have improved under Liam Manning. It's just one loss in six. They're coming off the back of a brilliant draw away at West Ham in the FA Cup. They had won three in a row before a couple of sloppy results against Birmingham and Millwall, but I like to think the West Ham game will have given them a boost and they'll certainly fancy their chances of getting something here. Young Tommy Conway will be licking his lips at how leaky that Preston defence is at the moment. So that's why I fancy a Bristol City win. Justin, come back at me. I can't. It's very difficult to be honest with you. I think Ryan Lowe might even agree with you to some extent because their form is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, and they, they, you just you don't know what team's going to turn up. Obviously, the team that turned up against Leeds did a really good job on Leeds. Um, obviously, getting a, getting a win against them. You've got Liam Miller. So, you've got some players there who are good technicians and can produce moments of quality. But is it going to happen regularly? Is it going to happen consistently? I don't think it is. And I think Liam Manning and Bristol City are probably in a much better state than, than Preston. I mean, that's stating the obvious. Um, but the style of play seems to be filtering in slowly, which is a good thing. He's not sort of gone in and done away in Rooney where he's going to try and change things. You're going to play my way. He's, he's easing it into the players. And I think we're sort of seeing that with the results and the performances. Sure, there's a long way for them to go, but I think they're more likely to, to, get, a, to get a win than Preston, which is... Quite quite astounding, really. And um, you know, Tommy Conway, you mentioned there, the goal, his goal against West Ham was so well took. His timing of his run was brilliant. Oh, and just, if you can just did the ball from Joe Williams as yeah, well. That it was insane. Oh. But this is what I mean. You, you open that team up, and pressing get opened up very very often. Tommy Conway is going to going to yeah, what did you say licking his lips. He's going to put those chances away. So I'm really, really intrigued to see how he does in this game because he's going to get chances. 
especially if Joe Williams is pinging him like that. Because <laughs> if he turns into prime Perlow again when they go to Deepdale, then that Preston defence is going to get ripped open constantly. So those are our predictions. And now it's time for this. Scott High or Ryan Lowe? Let me a best Yes, it's time for Scott High or Ryan Lowe. This is the game where we have to rank four things from highest to lowest. It's as simple as that. There's three questions and this week, Justin is providing the questions to me. So what have you got for me, Justin Peach, you bastard? Oh, yes, love love it. Love it when you inundate me with compliments and uh, affection. Um, yeah, so Tony Mowbray will manage his fifth championship club, six if you count Coventry, who were in League One when he took over. So it's beside the point. Um, so I want you to rank his best spells by points per game, not win percentages, by points per game. So I've got West Brom, Sunderland, Middlesbrough and Blackburn. That's good. I like that. Um, so, I mean, that West Brom team were very good, weren't they? So I will stick them top. Um, I'm inclined to go Sunderland second, then Middlesbrough. I think it's going to be close between those two. And then I'll go Blackburn last, just because Blackburn were newly promoted when he was there. So they probably took a, a few losses. But uh, yeah, that's what I'll go for. West Brom, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Blackburn. That was... Completely the wrong way around. Oh. I say completely the wrong way around. It was an absolute travesty. It's quite tight. So Blackburn are top. You average 1.47 points per oh, game. Oh, no, that's because I'm ca you're counting no, no, them in no. League One as I well. Look, his best spells by points per game. I didn't say his best spell in the championship. <sighs> his best spells by points per game, Ryan. You need to ask these questions, all right? This is a you problem, not a me problem. This is a you problem. Next is West Brom, 1.46, and Sunderland... Well, you, actually, I can give you one because Sunderland and West Brom are level. So they both, you average 1.46 at both Sunderland and West Brom. And then Middlesbrough will last with an average of 1.44. So basically, I've nailed it, except apart from the fact that I was thinking, you know, in the championship points per game. I've yeah. been one toffee, obviously basically, you nailed it, but you got it wrong. Simple. No miscommunication and I'm blaming you for that no, what's no, the no, next no. question <laughs> this is after you said oh that's a good one <laughs> Coventry and Leicester are up against each other this weekend they've kept a lot of clean sheets so I want you to rank the sides who have kept the most clean sheets out of these teams this season Millwall Ipswich Leeds West Brom interesting I will instantly put West Brom top um, I think I've said that already in this episode. <laughs> yeah, you, you did mention it earlier. But I, I think I want to put them top anyway, just because yeah. ran into it. Um, then I'll go Leeds because I think they—I don't think they've kept many clean sheets, but I would put them ahead of the other two. Then who are the other two? Sorry, Ipswich and Millwall. Now Millwall usually associate with being quite a defensively sound side but they haven't been that really this season so I'll put them bottom then Ipswich second bottom but I think it's close between those two you are just off you're just off so it's Millwall that are the uh, the cheeky cheeky side West Brom kept 12 Millwall have kept 10 clean oh. sheets this season incredible um, and Ipswich have kept 9 and these kept 8 interesting yeah. that's 
fine. I just did not think Millwall had kept that many clean sheets this season. I thought they'd, they'd be actually quite poor defensively this season, but fair enough then. I, I will happily take an L on that, Justin. What's the last one? January is a time for resolutions and improving oneself. Yeah. Do you got any resolu- re- resolutions, Ryan? Probably being less, um, of a, less of a dick, obviously. Find a new podcast host. To replace you, I presume. No. Because I, I am the charmer. Just get, just read up, please. <laughs> I want you to rank the most popular resolutions people choose. The resolutions you've got are make more time, make more time for loved ones, learn a new skill, stop smoking, and improve fitness. Now, my instinct was fitness top because everyone chooses that, don't they? However, the Christmas, the Christmas bulge. I reckon learn a new skill might be quite high. I'll go fitness top. Then learn a new skill. Smoking's an obvious one, but I feel like not. I feel like this wouldn't have been as high as it was twenty years ago or so. So I'll put that third, and then make time for loved ones. No, who's got time for that? I'll put that by. Absolutely not. So you've gone with uh, you've gone with fitness, skill, smoking, loved ones. Yeah, you've got. Just the one, I think. Oh. So the top one is improved fitness, yeah. which is obvious. That's 48%. This is a Forbes uh, poll. Uh, 48% of people want to improve their fitness. 25% want to make more time for loved ones. I mean, 25% of people are not going to make more time for loved Ugh. ones. Pathetic. Yeah. Sad sacks. Um, 12% of people want to stop smoking. You are right. I think the number of people who now still smoke is very low. Mm. Might be a different question if people, if it was stop vaping. Yeah, yeah, fair point. And the bottom one was learn a new skill. That's yeah, 9%. Yeah, no one wants to actually improve themselves. I, I, I got that completely wrong, really, haven't I? But you know what? Fair enough. That's Scott High or Ryan Lowe. And this has been the Second Tier Podcast. A big thank you for listening to the Second Tier Preview Show, sponsored by SBK. So, Another championship weekend is on our doorsteps. It's time to let it in, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be back to review all the action on Sunday. And we look forward to seeing you then for that. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. And a big thank you for listening. Second Tier is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.